0: Welcome back to The Overnight Crowd. Paul Heath with you in studio on SEN. Just a reminder, the text number in studio is 0433 98 If anything's caught your attention across your sporting weekend or to start your sporting week this Monday, if you'd like to have a chat about George Kambosis Jr. taking care of Tia Foma Lopez, possibly one of my highlights for the year, for the sporting year of 2021, I'd love to hear from you tonight on The Overnight Crowd. But for now, let's turn our attention to cricket and we've seen the uh, locking in of Pat Cummins as our new test skip. Steve Smith right beside him, but there's still a couple of those question marks around the makeup of the Ashes 11. And uh, let's get some help tonight with uh, finding out just who might be in the makeup of that side and also if we can help us make up our minds around our BBL 11 supercoach team. So let's go and head over and have a chat with Rory Dennis from Flashcore Cricket Commentators has been kind enough to join us on the overnight crowd tonight. G'day, Rory. G'day, good to be back for another week. Nice to have you with us once again, mates. And uh, it has been a massive uh, week of cricket news, as it always seems to be at the moment. But Pat Cummins has become our next Test skipper, number forty-seven in the chronological of uh, history of Test skippers for Australia. It is, it's an exciting moment to see a fast bowler finally be given the keys, and he seems like the right man to be doing so.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think everyone's pretty happy with that appointment, aren't they? But, uh, Pat Cummins is, yeah, he's clearly the man to go for. He's going to obviously, he's going to look good in the. Uh, Captain's blazer, that's for sure. But yeah, a fast bowler, first time since, uh, I think it was Ray Lippall in the 50s, and he only did it for one test. So definitely going to be something different for the Australians. But I think Pat Cummins is a pretty level-headed guy. I think he'll do a good job.
0: So Steve Smith in as his vice captain, a little bit of experience there, but some people are saying it's the wrong sort of experience to be putting back into a leadership sort of position. Um, in those people's minds, though, can they ever be changed? Like, is there enough time for the um, hatchet to be buried? Um, as far as Steve Smith in a leadership position in the Cricket Australia setup. Yeah, that's
1: it. I think the people that have made their decision have already made it, haven't they? And no matter what happens, they're not going to not going to change their mind. So. And yeah, we've obviously seen that Steve Smith has changed as a person over the last few years and that's obviously for the better for him and the team. And I don't think there was really another option for Australia to go for in terms of that vice-captain role. Uh, obviously, they didn't want to give it to another bowler because that would have been <laughs> too much work for Hazelwater and Lion. So, yeah, and obviously David Warner's band. So it's, it just came down to Smith, basically. I think he was the only choice to go for and... He'll do a great job, obviously. Um, Pat Cummins has said he's going to do some of the on-field stuff, which I think obviously makes sense. He did a good job before. Obviously, the culture thing's the issue, isn't it? And if that's been changed, then Pat Cummins is probably going to lead that that side of the captaincy, then this is the right man for the job,
0: I think. So we've got our captain and vice-captain and we still have a couple other question marks around uh, just who will fill out the 11 for the first test. Uh, we'll start with the uh, wicket-keeping position, Alex Carey versus Josh Inglis. Uh, we seem to be down to the final two. I'm pretty sure you're an Alex Carey man, though, in this position, aren't you?
1: Yes, definitely an Alex Carey fan. I think he's yeah, he's the man to go for. He's he's pretty experienced in the role and he's obviously captain Australia um, in one-day cricket. He's provides he a a little bit of leadership that Josh English just doesn't have as of yet, so yeah, I think Alex Carey's pretty much rusted onto that spot at least to start with, and we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I just don't think that he's that there's much Josh English can do to, to take over. He's obviously had a a good 2020 season, played well over in the UK, but I think most of his most of those four like mm-hmm. most of his form has come in the white ball game. And he's a great great red ball player, but he's just not quite there yet for me.
0: And Alex Carey, you know, with all the expectations around on him, and uh, you know, waiting on the announcement, he goes out and makes that hundred yesterday in the uh, Marsh One Day Cup match. So yeah, it seems like a pretty even head on his shoulders.
1: Yeah, that's right. He's he's an experienced guy and he's pretty level-headed as as Pat Cummins is. So I think it, I think there's probably a leadership role down the line for him as well if he can cement his spot in that team as well. So yeah, yeah Alex Carey's definitely definitely the way to go. I think Jason Gillespie said. I might have been yesterday that he could be the next Adam Gilchrist. It's wow. that's a, that's a pretty big, uh, it's a big one. pretty big thing to say about anyone. So <laughs> if, he, if he can take that pressure on, then yeah, he'll be fine for the Ashes.
0: Uh, so still a question mark at number five as well between Travis Head, the left-handed Bradman, and also Usman Kawaja out of Queensland currently. Uh, which way are you leaning towards this uh, after their you know, much vaunted sort of bat-off sort of went to split points uh, after the um, concerns around the pitch on day one in that Sheffield Shield match? Yeah, so which way are you leaning uh, for number five?
1: Yeah, I'm still leaning towards Travis Head. I don't think Usman's done anything to, to change my mind if, on that as as of yet. He didn't really get a score in that Shield match or in the the one-day stuff. So, yeah, I think Travis heads the way to go. He Obviously, had that century a few days ago and, yeah, he's the man to go for, I think. And then, yeah, Kawaja's form's just, I don't know, slightly dropped off a little bit in the last few days but we'll see what happens in that Australia A game. I think that could probably
0: be a bat off, I think, for that number five spot. Mm. And uh, finally, the makeup of the uh, pace uh, triplet, basically. We've seen the uh, captain, Pat Cummins, involved. Uh, The world champion, Josh Hazelwood, will be there as well. But who will be rounding it out? Uh, So we've got some question marks around it, either being Mitch Stark, who we uh, consider to be the man uh, who's had the role for a long time now, so should probably get the first bite at it. But Jai Richardson's been in some fantastic form, and it'll be on Michael Ness's home pitch, uh, the first test. Uh, Any chance of those two getting selected over Mitchell Stark?
1: Yeah, I think Jai Richardson's definitely put his hand up, hasn't he? I think he's probably overtaken Nessa as as that next quick in line and I know James Pattinson's retired, but wouldn't we love to have him in the squad at the moment? He looks like he's golden the <laughs> house down because um yeah, Mitchell Stark obviously didn't have the best World Cup, especially that final where for sixty odds, so yeah, not great. But I don't know what it is, but we've been to a discount white ball form for test matches for batsmen. Mm. But for bowlers, we seem to take that into account. I just, I don't quite understand that. Yeah, um, I think Mitch Stark will be fine. Yeah, he'll be fine come um, that first test and he'll get the first crack at it. But I think they'll all probably get to go through the series. And I think Justin Langers has finally realised that you can't play those yeah. quicks uh, in five tests in a row. So yeah. I think we'll see Richardson and probably Nessa at some point as well.
0: Uh, the England squad haven't had much of a chance to practice uh, as far as uh, centre pitch practice goes with plenty of rain around. Not that we're too concerned about that, but uh, it's less than ideal for England uh, at the start of their tour.
1: Yeah, that's it. That, that whole game in the, the practice match got rained out in Brisbane, but I think that was, that's probably good for the Australians, right? That's what we want. So, <laughs> yeah, rain it out till, till the Australians have to play there. That's the way to go. But, yeah, I guess without without any match form, they're just going to have to go on how they, their English summer went and we'll mm. probably see and to to see Hamid uh, start the openings position, and then Ben Stokes will probably come to the middle somewhere as well. So it's just, I think it's just a, uh, just whether Bairstow or Ollie Pope plays in that middle order.
0: On um, Hasib Hamid and a couple of other batsmen as well for England, there's some unorthodox techniques coming on tour. Are they a chance of being found out on the Australian pitches?
1: I don't think they need to be found out. I think they've already been found out. <laughs> I just think you'll know, put them outside <laughs> off at some decent pace and they'll let them get down the slip strokes all day. So, yeah, those, those techniques are yeah, not great for these bouncy mm. Australian pitchers. And I think, um, yeah, I think David David Milan's going to have to play a big role as well as Joe Root. They've uh, proven they can do it before and they, their game is probably the best to take these bouncy
0: pitchers. And uh, outside of uh, Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad, where can we expect uh, some of England's wickets to come from uh, inside their squad?
1: Yeah, obviously, Ollie Robinson's Robinson, he was a revelation over the English English summer. He looks really good, and I'm, I'm not sure he's got the pace for the Australian wickets, but he's, he's definitely got the line of length playing almost the Josh Hazelwood role, I'd say. So he's probably one to go for, and then Mark Wood, who they're going to unleash for that extra pace. I don't know if he's going to get through all five tests, but he's definitely one to watch out for. Uh, with the ball to start off with and that, that Brisbane wicket, he should get plenty of bounce and I know the Australians don't mind pace too much but yeah Wood looks he looks dangerous, He'll probably the fastest bowler in the world at the moment. Um in terms of the spinners, I'm not even sure they're gonna play one to be honest with you. They've got Jack Leach there. He doesn't really offer a lot in terms of spinning the ball. Probably plays as a controlling player if anything, but he doesn't add anything to the batting lineup. So yeah, I'm not too sure we might see a few overs out of Joe Root, I think. <laughs>
0: Uh, Just to uh, get our appetites wet for some test cricket, we've been seeing the first test between India and New Zealand. It's uh, wrapped up in a draw with uh, New Zealand just getting past uh, the, uh, well, they had nine wickets down at the end there. So Ajaz Patel and also Rashin Ravindra uh, lasting out for New Zealand to get it. But what an amazing contest over five days. Yeah, that's one of the best test matches
1: you'll see. And I think New Zealand's proved that they're, clearly the best um, test nation in the world. If they can take it to India, it doesn't get much harder than that. So, yeah, obviously India have a few out. with Kohli not playing, Rahit Sharma not playing, but, yeah, that's going to be a cracker of a series, and I wish it was going to be more than two
0: matches. Yeah, that's true. And uh, have you heard any more around uh, India's next tour uh, to South Africa, or are we still waiting on a decision on that moving forward? Yeah,
1: obviously the new COVID variant around us, um, Not good news, it's put a halt to to plenty of cricket. So, we'll just, I think, they're just going to see what's going on there. And if if South African cricket can provide some sort of bubble for India, then they might be able to get out there. But, you know, chances are that it might get called off. I know Australia obviously called off their tour to South Africa before for similar reasons. So, we'll just have to see what happens from there.
0: Uh, also, we've got the Bangladesh versus Pakistan first test in action as well. It looks like Pakistan will probably be able to get the win in that one. They just need another 93 runs in their second innings. But uh, some great early batting from Bangladesh when they fought back. Uh, das making 100 in the first dig, a 50 in the second innings as well. But just a couple of the stars missing for Bangladesh and Pakistan able to get on top. Yeah, that's it. I
1: thought that Bangladesh did pretty well to put 200 on the board for that final innings. But it looks like the the Pakistan openers have. Not really put a foot wrong so far, yeah. so that Pakistan should be able to chase that down pretty easily. And obviously Bangladesh aren't the strongest of sides, so you'd expect Pakistan to win that. But good contest by Bangladesh to even even get
0: that close, I'd say. The WBBL seven final was uh, conducted over in WA over the weekend, and the Perth Scorchers finally getting their first WBBL title uh, against the Adelaide Strikers, who had been so dominant in those first two finals to make their way in and had the opportunity to then bowl first, which is uh, what they've been liking to do in those finals. But the Scorchers just a little bit above them and uh, were able to eclipse them in the final. Yeah, that's it. Those
1: that Scorchers lineups really, um, I think thrown some depth over the last last, last six weeks or so. I, I said at the start of the tournament they'd really rely on Mooney and Divine at the top, and they did that in the final. But they really chipped in with some good bowling performances as well, especially from Divine. <laughs> I just, I just <laughs> don't understand that first quarter team too much. They seem to do well with just a couple of good players, but yeah, they they, they were a the better team on the day, and they definitely deserved the win. It was also it was good to see the WBBL played it off to stadium as well. That was um, yeah. Yeah, something different, and I enjoyed I enjoyed that a lot.
0: Good turnout, good TV numbers as well, so I think everyone was happy with the day. Yeah, that's right.
1: Uh, most watched BBL of all time, so uh, that's what you want to see. Just continue, continued growth.
0: Into the uh, men's game, the BBL 11 starts this Sunday. Uh, who would be your two favourites uh, so far for this competition? Yeah,
1: it's always so hard to pick, isn't it? But, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess you can't go past the sixes. Uh, to go back to back, they were they were obviously a dominant team last year, and they haven't really lost anyone for this tournament. They've Carlos Brathwaite's out, but Chris Jordan's just as good coming in. So, yes, the sixes for me, and then yeah, I'm not too sure where the other one comes from. Hobart looked dangerous. I know Tim David's really he's he's really gone up a notch in the last 12 months. So That's definitely in the middle order there, and they've obviously got weight up the top. They're going to be really dangerous there, and the other other Sydney teams looks very good, but. Brisbane's probably the one for me. Chris Lynn at the top and Jimmy Pearson in the middle order. If he if he can get onto a few, I think they're they're always dangerous. Something.
0: Are you uh, getting involved in the super coach uh, aspect of BBL eleven?
1: Oh, I don't mind it. I seem to usually uh, I start up, start out alright, and then realise yep. I'm not going too well and kind of leave it alone after the first few few weeks. But um, yeah, we'll definitely give it a go this.
0: Have you uh, uh, big have you got any tips on uh, just where to start? Because I've signed up, but I haven't uh, picked a player yet for my team. So I'm not too sure. Do I start with a batter? Do I start with a bowler? Or which way do you go?
1: Yeah, go for the all-rounders if you can. They seem to be the way to go, especially if you're going to make them captain for your, for your bonus points. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, Christian obviously had a good big bash last year. He might be one to chuck in there. Or Chris Jordan at the sixes also he would be very good. So, yeah, I think go yeah. for an all, go for as many all-rounders as you can. and on the bowling front, if they can bat a little bit like a Rashid Khan, I think that's probably the way to go.
0: All right, good advice. I appreciate that, Rory. And I appreciate you joining us on The Overnight Crowd as well, mate. Good job, and uh, we'll catch up again soon.
1: Cheers, mate. Thanks for that.
0: That was Rory Dennis from Flash Score Cricket Commentators joining us on The Overnight Crowd with a little bit of BBL 11 Supercoach advice there right at the end. So if you haven't signed up yet and would like to get around The Overnight Crowd's uh, BBL 11 Supercoach League, which was kindly set up by Ed from Perth, the uh, group number is 376- Four three eight. So we're up to nine people in the group at the moment. Let's see if we can get it into double figures and uh, really pack this group out for some uh, fun super coach action along the BBL 11 competition. But uh, my special thanks to Rory Dennis from Flashcore Crickets commentators joining us on the Overnight Crowd. If you'd like to have a chat about anything I and Rory have had a chat about just there on the Overnight Crowd, let us know on the text line 0433 98 11 16, or we can chat on air 1300 736 736. That is the open on The Overnight Crowd on SEN. We'll be right back just after this. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three
1: and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Tyre Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit TyrePower.com.au now.